Hey, this is Christian Golden. Welcome to our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message encourages you. I hope it builds you up. Enjoy the message. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord. I'm not ashamed, not a bit ashamed. It's the power of God. You know, we're all talking about the power of God. We're all talking about revival. We're all asking God for revival. And God's asking us for revival. He said that the kingdom of God is in you. It's in you. It's in you. You know, the prophets, God spoke to the prophets, and he speaks to Habakkuk. And uh, I'm going to read some scriptures to you. You can kind of write them down. I don't know if the booth uh, puts them up or, or whatever. But Habakkuk. Habakkuk, um, it's page uh, 824. Um, <clears throat> so I, I honestly, I wrote that down because I get carried away, and when I get carried away, I get carried away. Um, and one, one day the Lord's going to take me, and I'm really going to get carried away. So, but it says in Habakkuk uh, chapter 2, uh, it's an amazing prophet. You know, we need to read about the prophets, who they were. Amos was a clod farmer. He was just a dirt clod farmer. He was uneducated. I mean, he was just a dirt farmer. You know, he broke clay and planted, you know, and that's what. But God spoke to his heart one day, and he walked into the temple, and he brought a word. And, and they ran him out, you know, you uneducated, sorry rascal, go back to the, you know, the, the farm and back to your uh, stalls and, <clears throat> and so on. But a young girl heard his voice. She heard the voice of God and went out and got him and brought him back in. He spoke the word of God over the people, the nation of Israel that day. The Lord would use anyone. He used a mule one day on, uh, 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 on a walk. You remember that story, how he spoke through a donkey. You know, if he'll speak through a donkey, he'll speak through us all. But he wants to speak. He wants to speak. Now, I want to get something very clear here today. Many of us start our prayers like this. Our Father, Avinu Bahashamayim, our Father in heaven. Or we'll start, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And then that ends the prayers. It just gives a list. We don't say, Father, Father, I need you today. Night has spent. And all that was in me yesterday is gone. And I'm desperate for you today. Come, Lord, speak into my heart today. We presume that God has a calling on our life because someone says, boy, you got a calling on your life. But when God says he calls, you might wrestle. You might wrestle, but when you answer, you'll have a confirmation here, a confirmation there, here a confirmation, there a confirmation, everywhere a confirmation. There'll be confirmation. And I want you to hear the voice of God today. Say, I want to hear the voice of God. Do you really? Come on. I want to hear the voice of God today for me. I don't want to hear you, Rabbi. I want to hear God's voice for me today. I want to hear his voice for me. I need a voice of God. 
I watch all these supernatural, natural, supernatural shows sometimes on TV, and they're saying that God comes down and, and cooked uh, bacon and eggs, and, and, and they'll say that God came down, blew the, the shades up in the room, and smoke and fire went out of their hands and everything else and, and all this stuff. And, and now an angel might have done that, or a demon won. I don't know, but I can tell you one thing. It wasn't God. God is seated at His throne in the heavens. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament show forth his handiwork. Day unto day he speaks and his son goes out as a bridegroom out of his chamber and it touches everything in the earth. Nothing is not touched. And a lot of people say that Jesus came down one day and, and uh, was talking to him. That's contrary to the Scripture. An angel can come down. Ah, come on. An angel come down. Jesus did not come down. He's seated at the right hand of God the Father, and he's interceding for us. He's not coming down to talk to Ron Aronson at 1025 Stephen Wood Lane. It's not that he wouldn't send an angel. It's not that he wouldn't send a voice. It's not that he wouldn't speak to me himself. But Yeshua, Jesus, has not come down to do that. He, when he comes, he's coming for us all. And no one will be left out. Get your theology straight. Get your doctrine straight. Get it straight. A lot of people go from meeting to meeting. I need a word from God. And they get a word from man. I, I, I've, seen, I've seen it. I've seen it in this building years ago. I've seen a lot of stuff. And it's not that this building was wrong. It's not that like Christian was wrong. It was that certain individuals came and they, gave, they took the glory of God to themselves and they began to lay hands on people and then began to say, look at me, look at me. Look, 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 look at me. And, and so on and so forth. There was a woman who came to uh, Alvin and she pricked her finger into her hands and drew blood and said this is the blood of Jesus come come and let me let and people were streaming out of their chairs the foolishness has led us to foolishness and it's led us to more foolishness and we're desperate in our own self for God our nation is desperate for God it's desperate for God. All you got to do, you don't even have to look at TV anymore. You can drive down the highway. You can go to our school campuses. You can go anywhere you want to. You can drive anywhere in any direction, 15 minutes in any direction, and see where there's a need for God in this earth. And we have the ability to put him there. That got quiet. The first thing that you need to understand in Habakkuk, and I've written this and I've preached it across the nation, and I don't travel to the nations anymore. I travel to Israel. I was supposed to be there in November. But as many of you know and have been praying for us, my wife was diagnosed with uh, invasive uh, ductal carcinoma cancer, and uh, so I was home instead of overseas. The Lord spoke to me and said, don't go right now. I didn't know why. But then we found out later. And she's doing fine because of our prayers. And God's blessed her and helped her. But I want to say something here. Habakkuk is standing before the people. 
In 2016, I was standing in an airport, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God fell on me, and I began to weep uncontrollably in that airport. And souls began to get saved. I barely said a word, but the tears touched so many lives. And to this day, I'll never understand why the Lord came down in that particular day in that particular way. I'm going to show you something in the Word about that. It says in Habakkuk, and I'm going to give you some scriptures to jot down, okay? Ready? Matthew 22, 34 to 40. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 25. That's Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad, Baruch Shem Kavod Malchuto, Le'elam Ba'ed. It's the Shema prayer. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. That's, that's where that's located. And Psalm 67 is a powerful, powerful thing. And then uh, Hebrews 12, 12 through 17, I may read that. But Acts 2, 17 through 21. I'm going to give you a little assignment for today. Read this one today. When you leave here today and you go home, open up the book of Acts, read chapter 2, verse 17 to 21, and ask the Lord to show you the blood moon tonight and what it represents in your life. We've had more blood moons in the last 10 years of my life than all of the 70 before. And I'm 77. I've never seen anything like it. But the scriptures is very clear concerning blood moons. You don't need Jonathan Kahn to tell you. He's a very personal friend of mine. Or John Hagee to write that book, which is both an error because the government didn't collapse. It closed. I mean, but that was back in Elul two years ago in the fall that all that was supposed to happen. Read with me. I will stand with watch, and I will set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will do and what he will say and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end I will speak, and I will not lie. Though it tarries, what does it say? Wait for it, because it will surely, what? Come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Number one, how to hear God and never miss him. Number one is to be still. Be quiet. Just shut up. And we can say that to ourselves, not to each other not offensive to me to say, Ron, you just need to shut up. 
stop. Have you ever told your mind just, hey, give it a break? I'll never forget the time walking through the mountains in New Mexico, the snow ground at Glorietta encampment up there above Santa Fe. And I was walking along, Lewis Goldberg, Dr. Goldberg from Moody Bible Institute was my professor. I was carrying his, his, his suitcase and making his mint tea with a drop of honey or two. He stayed in my home one week every year. I didn't get to go to Moody Bible Institute, but Moody Bible Institute came to me. And, uh, but Dr. Goldberg. And one day I said, Dr. Goldberg, if you don't mind, today I'm going to scrape your window, crank your car, snow and ice all over the place, and I got your briefcase, and I asked one of the young yeshiva bookers, students, if he would just take care of you today because I'm gonna, I want to walk down this road. And I began to walk down this road, and I got to a place that all you could hear was wind. You could barely hear wind, and it was deafening. It was like it hurt my ears. I'd never been so quiet in my whole life. It was so quiet. You know, if you've heard the expression, so quiet that you can hear a pin drop. So there was no cars. Birds weren't even chirping. Eagles weren't even flying. It was like I come around that corner and all of a sudden, there was a rush of quietness, and I felt so close to the Lord. I didn't talk. I didn't have an idea of what, any, if anything, he was going to say, but I just knew I was in the presence and felt the presence as Moses did at the burning bush. In the snow, I just laid down myself on my face. It wasn't cold. It wasn't wet. To me, it wasn't even there. In his presence. Being still is very important. Very, very important. Turn off your Facebook, your Twitter, your web, your Google, your music, your TV, your radio. Just get quiet. Now, ladies, I know you minister in your home with your children. Some of you minister at work, and, and guys, you minister at work, and this is all offerings to God when we're working and taking care of family. This is worship. It's worship before God. God accounts that for worship when we take care of our families and stuff, and when you don't feel good and, and you just can't read your Bible. God, listen, that's your, your worship. That, that's acceptable to the Lord for worship. But sometimes just running a tub of water or something and lighting a candle in the corner and just closing the door and just being quiet. Just be still and know that I am God. David said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And you're not. You're not. 
first primary thing is to get alone with God. You can do that in your car, even when you're driving. Shut off the radio. I know it's distracting and stuff, but I used to use this uh, 646. I think it's 646. Does 146 come off of 646 or 646 come off of 146? It goes that way anyway. You know, out by the power plant out there, by the big old power plant on, on that road that goes to Galveston, that's 646, isn't it? And, uh, and there's a big old hill up there, and there's some concrete seats right up there on that big old hill. And I used to go up on that hill, and I'd sit there, and I'd just wait for God. Just wait for him. It's quiet up there. Sometimes you could hear the hum in, in, the, in the wires and so on, but it was quiet. There's no substitute for being still and knowing he's God. Number two, say number two. It says in the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 17, it says that we should look. We should look. We should look. Now, I want to say something. I said it earlier, and I'm going to go real fast over that. You don't look to me. You don't look to an evangelist, a prophet, a pastor, the fourfold ministry of Ephesians, you look to God's Word. God's Word. There's no substitute for looking into God's Word. Number two is to look. Look into God's Word. If you want to hear God and never miss Him, get this book out. One day I was listening to uh, uh, John Hagee and a, and a rabbi. They were on TV, and, and I, I met the rabbi. I know the rabbi. He's a Kabbalist. He's in the mysticism and so on. And he was telling uh, John Hagee how uh, Pharaoh's daughter uh, uh, got Moses out of the, uh, out of the, the Nile. And, uh, and everybody was clapping. I mean, everybody, I mean, all over, Daystar or TVN or whatever it was, everybody was yelling out and shouting. This rabbi told them that Pharaoh's daughter grew out supernaturally out of her body, went out into the flowing river and grabbed that basket and pulled it in. Now, boy, they were hoo-ha, hoo-ha, hoo-ha. I looked at my wife and I said, honey, that ain't the way it happened. You know how it happened? He was pitched in a basket, and he was in the reeds, and his sister was watching him, and they were bathing at the edge. They weren't out in the middle of the Nile River bathing. But they, everybody's clapping, woo-hoo, woo-hoo. Man, we got a new word. We got a new word. No, we need the old word. We need this word. We need this word. I'm telling you, I've had so much oil rubbed on me and so many words <laughs> talked over me and my wife, and I'm serious. I mean, we became plum slick, and my hair wouldn't, you know, wash it all out sometimes. I'm just serious about it. But I'm going to tell you something. When God touches you, you don't need a man to touch you. When God touches you, you'll touch the world. When God touches you, you'll touch the world. When God touches his church, the church will touch the world. When God shows you his care, you'll dare to share why you care. I love witnessing to everything that moves, even the birds in my backyard. I mean, I do. I'll stop along the road and preach to the cows. I 
my truck window down sometime when I'm going to the lake and I'd say, Crappie, I'm coming for you. I mean, I not, sometimes I might get one. But I'm saying, I'm, I just preach it. You say, man, that's silly, that's foolish. I am silly and I am foolish for him. I'm like a little child that just got born. I dance before him. I shout before him. I weep before him. I tell everybody about him. How you doing? How you doing, Ron? Oh, I love Yeshua. How you doing? I love Jesus. I just love Jesus. How you doing? I'm abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. Under me is the everlasting arms that won't fail because God's love never fails and so I'm not a failure. God says that He loves me and that's all that matters. You know, all of a sudden, I'm standing in the kitchen this past week and I'm crying because my wife's in such turmoil and pain and I'm crying out to God and all of a sudden, an old song came up. My anchor holds in the midst of the storm. Though the ship be battered and the sails be torn, I'm on my knees facing the sea. My anchor holds. My anchor holds. It's God's Word. Someone said, all we need is God. I said, I got all I need because I have him, but I don't have all of him that I want, and he doesn't have all of me that he wants. But we're negotiating and working on it. He's saying it, and I'm saying, yes, sir. Amen. We need to listen. We need to listen. We need to get it firsthand. I heard... uh, 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 Pastor Franklin, uh, I think he's from, uh, 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 um, come on, Ron, um, North Carolina or one of the Carolinas. And uh, Jabez Franklin, I don't know it real good, so many of you might know, he talks about prayer and fasting. He said, if you fast without prayer, all you're doing is on a diet. <laughs> and so I thought, you know, I don't look like I've been fasting and praying for a while and definitely hadn't been on a diet. But listen, fasting and praying over God's Word. Listen, there is no compromise. You can go to a a doctor and you can get pills. You can go to a psychologist, and, and there's nothing wrong with psychologists. There's nothing wrong with mental doctors. There's nothing wrong with medical doctors. There's nothing wrong with surgeons. People get sick. Some, it says Elijah was sick unto death, that he was, he was going to die. His sickness is going to kill him. And there's been death ever since man sinned. So we're, we face that with our beloved pastor, praying in agreement and fasting and praying and seeking God. But God, it says, you know, that the Lord delights in the saints' death. He, it's like a fragrance up before him. We don't get that. But we find in his word, the word is true. Look for the vision. I say this to all pastors. I say this to all churches. I don't need a vision. If I belong to a congregation, I don't need the vision. I need to catch the vision. Now hear me. It's quiet. And I know Pastor Paul's gone, but he's not gone from us because he's eternally with us. And his reflection will always be in the shadows of all of this place and all of this ministry. In my life, and mine and his, it always will be there. 
But we stand on each other's shoulders, but we only stand in one shadow. One shadow. And that's his shadow. So, number three. I got to move quick. Number three is spontaneity. How many of you know what spontaneity is? Look, how many of you want to know what spontaneity is? Raise both hands. I want to know what spontaneity is. Uncross your arms and raise both hands. Get your foot. There you go. There you go. You see, in order to hear God and never miss him, you have to have spontaneity. Spontaneity is the Lord speaking to you to do something and you do it. You see, it wasn't your thought, it was his. It's not your mind. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Mashiach, in Christ Jesus. That mind thought. That mind thought was when I'm washing my car over here at the car wash, and your neighbor pulls up with this big Mercedes Ah, huge Mercedes. You could park a little Mercedes in that Mercedes. It was so big. And he, he transports him. His mama is a Christian. His dad was a Muslim. And he lives right across the street from you. Are you here today? Where are you? I, I, I invited him. And all of a sudden, spontaneity. I said, hey, how you doing? He says, I'm good. How are you doing? Ah, oh, man, it was on. <laughs> you just asked me. I used to go to Phillips 66 gas stations. How many of you remember Phillips 66? How many of you don't remember Phillips 66? <laughs> okay, we got some young people. Phillips 66 used to be like Shell. You've heard of Shell, right? Chevron and, you know, uh, Bucky's. Yeah, well, this was kind of like that. It's a 66. I would pull into the, I would always look for a Phillips 66 gas station, whether it was up south of Memphis, off of 55, wherever it was, in Houston, all over the place, I would find a Phillips 66 gas station. Why? Just say why. Because I needed gas. But anyway. <laughs> but there was so much more about it. <coughs> I would put the nozzle in the, in the car. And I always prayed, God, give me a witness. I need to lead somebody to Jesus today. How many times have you prayed that, God, I'd rather die than live without winning souls? If you're through with me and winning souls, Lord, just take me home. I don't want to live on this earth where I can't touch people, where I can't care about people, where I can't love people, where I can't help change or help a, a lame person walk through life, spiritually, physically, or mentally. I don't, want to do, I, I don't want to live in this earth like that. I don't care if I had a fancy home, fancy cars and mansions and everything else. You can't give me enough money. I'll take souls before I take anything. I'd rather have souls than to eat dinner. I'd rather have souls. And I pulled in there and, and I said, Lord, now I need to get gas and somebody else needs it too. Just put us beside each other. So I go in there and I pull in and I get my gas and all that and stick it in and sure enough, somebody South I'll never forget this, South Memphis, two of them pull in. One of them was on one side and one of them's on the other side, and I was in the middle. And uh, I said, How y'all doing today? <laughs> you know, you walk into a restaurant and everybody in that chair, I mean the whole restaurant can be full. And all you gotta do is say, Hi y'all, how you doing? 
And some people hide, and some people will say, man, I, I'm doing good. How are you doing? <laughs> and so I pulled in, and I said, you know what that 66 reminds me of? And they'd say, what's that? And I'd say, 66 books in the Bible, and they all tell about Jesus' love. Have you met him? Do you know him? I've led people to the Lord under the sign of 66. You can do it. Spontaneity. I was on spontaneity. I was driving to Dallas. I drive fast. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I drive fast. <clears throat> they reduce speed limits because of me. <clears throat> I drive fast, and, and uh, well, I got a pastor, Assembly uh, of God Church in New Iberia. His, on his tag, it says Godspeed. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm good company, but uh, uh, I, I was on my way to Dallas. I was there for a meeting with uh, Coach McCartney and, and several other people from around the nation, and I was running a little late, and so my foot got a little more heavy, and I was going down, and you know when you get in a hurry, there's a truck here, there's a car here, and there's someone going slow here, but everybody seems to merge over in the passing lane. You can't get around them, and you're going back and forth, swing low, sweet chariot, you know. And all of a sudden, I just prayed, and I said, Lord, I know Moses when he stood by the sea, and I'm serious about this. I said, Lord, you know when Moses stood by the sea, he just reached out his, his staff, and it, it departed. I said, Lord, you know that I'm on a mission, and I'm not sure what it's all going to be about. But, Lord, I know that i got to get there before this meeting because I sense it in my spirit. Would you part the traffic? And everybody just moved over. I've never had it happen again. I never, I mean, it's serious. Try it. I don't know. I'm just saying. They moved over, and I went on. And I didn't drive as fast as I had as I tried. 75, just going. 80. 82. Uh, no, uh, but, and I got there, I got there 30 minutes early, and I said, Lord, what are we up to? I went to this huge resort where we're going to meet, and, and everything, was, I don't know what it was, it was just huge, big place, and, and they gave me free parking and all this, and I went in, I said, where's a little, I, I need a, a salad or something, because I'm going to have this meeting, and they said, well, there's a Riverwalk Mexican restaurant right down there on the sidewalk, and, and I said, thank you so much. I walked down, I sat down at a table, and I was sitting there, a young lady came up, and she had her, she had her pad, and, and she, she looked down at me, and, and she just began to weep. She's crying. She'd never met me before in her whole life. She sat there and she was just crying. Stood there. And she was asking me what I want to drink. And she never got it out. And she said to me, she said, will you please help me find God? Never, ever met me in her whole life. I prayed and I said, God, give me souls. Help me touch people's lives. My brother committed suicide, and my mama died last week. And I'm just about to kill myself, and I don't know what to do. Would you help me, please, find God? I said, honey, if I can get you to Jesus, he'll get you to God. And we began to talk, and I began to pray, and I began to share. She accepted the Lord, and my telephone rang. 
And it was a lady on the telephone. She said, where are you? I said, I'm up here in Fort Worth area. She said, so am I. I said, you are? She said, yeah. And I said, well, I'm at this place. She said, I'm only two blocks away. I said, you are? I said, she said, can you wait for me? And I said, well, I'm going to try to wait for you. But I just led this girl to the Lord, and you're calling. She needs somebody to disciple her. Will you help her and disciple her? And they got together, and this lady began to disciple this other woman that God had laid on my heart to just ask me, would you help me find God? Church, that's who we are. That's who we are. Driving down the road one day, and God tells me to pull up into this driveway. I pulled up into the driveway. I knocked on the door and I said, sir, God sent me. He said, he did. I said, he sent me. And, and I said, yes, sir. His name's Ray Rivette. He's sitting with a 45 on his coffee table and almost empty Jack Daniels fifth. And when he finished it, he was going to blow his brains out. But I happened to be driving by that day and the Lord told me to drive into that driveway. Spontaneity. And I drove into the driveway. He gave his life to the Lord. His 13-year-old daughter had a butcher knife in the kitchen and she was going to kill herself. She also got saved. Let me tell you, when I baptized those two, the whole neighborhood got saved saved. The whole street got changed. It's not me. It's spontaneity. It's the mind of God. People don't care what you think or what they want to know. They want to know who you know. I love going to restaurants because every chair has a story and everybody wants to share it with you. And really, most of the time. Spontaneity is very important. Messiah used it with the Samaritan woman. I must go through. It wasn't planned. It was spontaneity. The Holy Spirit did it. You know, we have a, a Holy Spirit. We must sugar him a lot. We act foolish sometimes. But you know, being foolish and acting foolish sometimes is two different things. Being acting like children sometimes and being a child is sometimes acceptable in the presence of God. David danced half naked and they made fun of him. Last night I was praying over this message. I could tell you stories and stories and stories about spontaneity. I'm going to listen to me. I'm a, uh, all of us are called to ministry, but some of us are here that are in ministry. We have chaplain here uh, from uh, Methodist, uh, uh, Rick, and we have others that are here visiting uh, who are friends of mine, support our work in Israel, and so on. But uh, how many of you realize that God puts his ministry in us, not just for us, but for everybody outside of us? You can be holy terror against God or against the devil. You can use your mouth to bad mouth the president or uh, this one or the Senate or the Congress. I mean, we've got a lot of room to bad mouth a lot of people. I mean, goodness. I mean, the news is full of it. You know, but here's the deal. How many of us want to use our mouth? Spontaneity. When you pass by that person sitting at that table at school and you say, can I pray for you? How's it going? I was driving down the street. I'm going to tell you, Danny, in a minute what God said last night. 
I was driving down the street in Alvin right over by the high school, and there was a man rolled himself out in a wheelchair in the front, and he went out to get a cigarette. I thought, man, that guy's so lonely. Just need to go over and just give him a hug. He didn't make me dirty because he smelled smoky. I passed two guys on the street in L.A., and they were so doped up, and one had a flashlight on his head, and it was noon. And he was wild. And he was filthy. And I walked by him, and God said to me by the Holy Spirit, spontaneity, he said, why did you walk by him? I spoke to him. And why? Why did you do that? And I always carry money in my pocket because somebody's always giving me money, and I'm always giving it away. So I had some money in my pocket. I had two fives, and I gave one to this guy and one to the other guy. And I said, I wish I had some more. I said, can I bring you to him? Would you like to go into my resort hotel here that somebody's paying for? You want to come in and have breakfast? He said, I'll put you at the buffet. I said, sir, we can't go in there. I said, sure you can. You can go anywhere with me. I have a key to a building. You can come. Didn't embarrass me whatsoever. They said, no, sir, we just won't do that. But I shared the love of God with them. Last night, I was going over this message in my heart, and the Lord spoke something to me. He said something to me. I'm going to read it to you. You need to hear this, because I'm going to get into the last thing in just a moment. Note, do you know there are those who are critical of those who hear God? There are those who make fun. And there's even those of my family, he says, who are afraid of you. And there are those who follow only at a distance. There are those who are embarrassed by you. But those who are hungry and those who are thirsty and those who are sick and those who are blind and those who are broken and those who need an answer and those who are, need to be set free, they'll run to you. They'll run to you. I find it very true in my life. The first one is what? Come on. Be still. Number two. What is it? The word. Number three. Spontaneity is fun. And it's rewarding. Because you see, spontaneity is your obedience. And it's up to God what he does with your obedience. The results is not yours. Number four, and this will conclude it. Write it down. Write it down. This is one of my journals. I'm not sure who will get it. Aaron's here and Leslie's here and Terry's here. But I, I write journals. Um, I, I just like you said, you just like to fill up books writing. Don't ever throw them away. Kids will read them. People will read them. It's a legacy thing. I threw away three boxes, and my kids got so angry with me. I've repented. I paid them off, but anyway. <laughs> but somebody will get this one. This is a year worth reading through the Bible all the way through and making notes. This is Sunday, October 31st. I was someplace. I was doing a message up in the river of uh, uh, Tennessee and Alabama. I don't know. But I have journals. Write it down. Now, I'm going to tell you why you should write it down. You ready? Mark it down. Daniel 7, verse 1. Number one is listen. Number two is the Word of God. Nothing 
but the Word of God can change your life. Testimonies can encourage you, but God's Word will change you. Number three is spontaneity, and I could go on all day about that. And number four is to write it down, Daniel 7, 1, every day. Journaling is a tool that lets you stay in faith for an extended period of time knowing you can test it later. Isn't that good? I wish that was mine. I'd sell it. But this is true. Journaling or writing it down is a tool that lets you stay in faith for an extended period of time knowing you can test it later. If you don't write it down, you will forget it. How many of you know it's true? You know it. On the job, I'm going to call so-and-so. Remember. Now, Durwood and I do this a lot because if he doesn't write it down, he'll forget. And if I don't write it down, I might forget. Right, brother? I mean, we're bad about it. But if we write it down, we're going to do it. But I have friends here, you know, and, and I, I mean, I'll tell Dolly. She'll say, honey, remember to do this. I say, I'm gonna do, and Terry's here. Uh, I, I say, I'm going to try to remember, but if I don't write it down, I might forget it, especially when I go to Kroger's. You know, if it's not on my list, it doesn't go in the basket, even though I have coupons for it. And I go to check out, and I give them my coupons. They said, sir, you didn't get this. I said, well, it wasn't on my list. She said, well, you can get it next time. You'll be back in a couple of days. That's where I met Donna, your, your wife's mama. Love people at Kroger's. Check out people. Love them, Bruce and Doug and all of them, Linda and all of them. They know who I am and where I stand. I mean, I just love on them. But write it down. Now, I'm going to tell you something. We all have dreams. We go to sleep. We enter into a place in sleep um, and dream. And some dreams are heavenly. And some of them aren't. Depending on what we fed ourselves on spiritually, physically, or mentally. You know, I know a guy that used to love pizza at night because he'd get a prophecy through pizza. But none of them ever came true. You know, I said, well, what kind of pizza? And he said, Domino's. I said, that's it, brother. Uh-uh. You got to go to Caesar's. Pizza, pizza. You know, I mean, I mean, really. But honestly, the Word of God says that we'll dream dreams and we'll have visions. We need to write them down. They're, they're, they're purposeful. And here's the thing. Never forget this, church. In Ephesians 4, you'll be speaking on that in a few weeks, so I'm going to leave it alone because I think it's, it's one of the things, you know, that we miss is the gift, the gifts, the gifted, and the anointed. And they're all anointed by the Holy Spirit. Don't misunderstand. But there's a division in it. And we all mix this all up and shake it in our bag and eat our popcorn, and we all think we got the same, but it isn't. Listen, it can be tested by God's Word. It can be tested by my wife. Yeah. 
It can be tested by my friend. It can be tested by my pastor. It can be tested by the elder or the shamish, the deacon. It can be tested over a period of time. I went back three years ago. I was looking in a journal, and I told a young man on December 29th, three years ago, I prayed for him and his wife, and God answered our prayers. I texted him. He said, I've never forgotten it. Because you can journal it, thumb through, like a prayer journal. I have prayer journals. I have pages of prayer journals. If I didn't have pages of prayer journals and prayer lists, I would never get out of prayer, honestly, because there's so much and so many people to pray for in my life at 77 years old. And that's true. But the thing about it is, if you write it down, sometimes you'll remember. It's like reading, writing, arithmetic, and those kind of things you learn. Some of us learn. Some of us are still learning. My wife told my granddaughter, great-granddaughter yesterday, she said, Nina, it was her birthday party. She says, Nina, you better let me read that because sometimes nobody can read Papa's writing, <laughs> including him. But confirmed by the Holy Spirit, God spoke his word this morning through worship, through tithes and offering. Spoke to each one of us in a special way. Spoke to every single one of us in this room. No one is exempt. What he spoke is personal with you and him. He may have given you a word of encouragement. He may have said, you know, son, or baby, you need to be saved. You need to give your heart to the Lord. And then some, he might say, you know, you believed a lie. You thought I was unable to do this. But it showed you today, I'm able to do this. I can still do this. I want to still do this. But this is going to come forth by fasting and prayer. Because I'm standing waiting for you to make the decision to get serious with me. You're not waiting on me, the Lord says. I'm waiting for you. Amen. And he came in and he stirred your heart. Some of you, he might have said, you know, I'm not through with you. You're not old enough. You know how old you have to be to retire? One second after death. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I was watching TV the other day, and this young man got up, and he's multi, multi-millionaire. You know we have more billionaires now than we have millionaires. When we start. And he got up, and he said, man, I retired at 30. For what? Why? What are you doing? I'm enjoying my money. <laughs> That's fleeing. 
Because when you're gone, everybody else is going to fight over it and spend it. Everybody. And the IRS is going to not have to fight. They is going to take it. Listen to me. Every single one of you today. Four principles that if you obey them every day, you will never miss the Lord in your life. Never. A few weeks ago, a young man came into a building, had his Dallas Cowboys outfits on and, and, and all that, and he had smoke coming out of his head um, with one of these, I don't know what you call them, pipe things. Smelt like um, raspberry or something. I don't know. <laughs> Bad raspberry. But, but he, and, I, and all of a sudden, I turned and I saw him. In spontaneity, he walked into the building. I said, so you like Dallas? He says, yes, sir. I said, you know, I, I was watching you, and I said, I, I was looking around for a fire extinguisher. I thought you were on fire. And we laughed. We laughed a little. I'm not criticizing smoking. Listen to me. Not at all. I'm not criticizing anyone. The young man walked one, two. And I said, you know, the Lord wants to set you free off of alcoholism. And you got stuff in your life, and God wants to save you from it. And the man began to weep. He said, I'm, I'm so challenged by all this stuff. He said, I'm a member of a church in Alvin. He knew the pastor and the youth director, and I'm best friends with this one. But he needed someone to say something that pertained to his life. That's all it was. That's not, uh, listen, folks. You could be standing right up here saying the same thing that I'm saying to me sitting here reminding me that it's God who wants to use us to change this city. This city needs change. But you know what the change is? The church needs to change. You'll never change Alvin. Only God can change Alvin. The church needs change. When we fall in love with souls... God will give them to us. And when he can trust you with souls, he'll give them to you. And he'll trust you with finances, he'll give it to you. There's nothing that he will withhold from those who walk uprightly. You know, in the scriptures it says, this forth comes forth by prayer and fasting, but it doesn't stop there. It talks about righteousness. There's so much unrighteousness in the body of Jesus. Unforgiveness, anger, pornography, lying, stealing, backbiting, condemning, pointing fingers instead of reaching hands, throwing your hands up instead of putting them around each other. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, you just blow it off. And you wonder why he's not saying anything because 
you grieved him. If it's just a telephone call he tells you to do and you don't do it, you've disobeyed him. And that life may be at stake. I've been sitting in my office, minding my own business, and God tell me, get up and go to the hospital. I get up and go to the hospital, and I, somebody say, may I help you? I said, no. And then why are you here? I don't know. God spoke to me and told me to come to the hospital. And I went to the hospital, and I turned around in the, in the area, and there was wings, and there was rooms. And, and I walked down this hallway, and I walked down another hallway, and I'm praying in the Spirit, and I'm praying. And I walked down another hallway in room 104 on the right-hand side. There's a man laying in there, and he's wide open, and he's been crying out to God, to God to send somebody to him all night. He got healed and saved. And I turned around, and his wife walked in the room. She fell over herself on her face and accepted the Lord. And I had nothing to do but just to hug him and, and leave because, I mean, that's the, God, I, don't, I did what the Lord wanted me to do. And a pastor got a great family. The whole family got saved, I heard. Father, we just thank you for your anointed word today, for the word that changes us, for the word that keeps us, empowers us. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that no word will fall to the ground, but that it will go forth and it will accomplish what you spoke it to do. Now, Lord, I pray for words that I might have spoken that are meaningless in people's lives that it falls off of them. Right now, Lord, I declare it null and void. But if it meant something to someone, then God, you permeate that heart and that life and touch them. Lord, I pray for salvation today. Lord, there are those that are sitting here in this building today that have never genuinely, truly given their life to Jesus. They've never really changed their life, never repented, but living in the same sin. I pray today for salvation. I pray for people to be saved. I pray, Father, for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit fresh in people's lives. Your Ruach HaKodesh your breath of God to permeate and to fill believers in this place. Father, I pray for those that are struggling with bitterness because they've been hurt and abused by a pastor, by ministry, or for some reason they've just been hurt. I pray for them today. I pray for them. I pray for ministers that have been hurt. I pray for families that have been hurt. I pray for people that have been judged to let it roll off and know that Yeshua, Jesus, you were judged. You were persecuted. You were tormented. You died because it was the hands of men and the wickedness of men. So, Lord, we're all, all of us, Lord, subject to pain. Lord, there's pains of heart here today. And, Lord, there's fear of tomorrow. But, Lord, you're the God of today. Hey, this is Christian Golden. I wanted to thank you so much for joining us today and listening to our podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, I'd like to ask you to do a couple things for us. The first is to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date with everything going on here at LCC. Also, you can help us reach others around the world by investing today at lightchristiancenter.com slash give. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you and have a great day.